Welcome to the I'm the Manager podcast series presented by Security Financial Bank. On this podcast series, we catch you up with the entrepreneurs and small business operators in Eau Claire and the surrounding region. It's our chance to talk to the manager and get an inside look at what running a business is like in our community. I'm Scott Montesano, the owner of Eau Claire Hometown Media, and I'm honored to bring these conversations to you, once again sponsored by Security Financial Bank. Today we meet the pair, Emma and Ella. They're the operators behind the Good Wives Restaurant off of Hastings in Eau Claire. They've been in operation now for a year and a half, going on almost two years at this point. And you think about it in the restaurant industry, we've all either been directly involved or been indirectly involved. We've seen how the restaurant industry can have its perils, can have its high turnover rate. So to survive even six months is an accomplishment. To get to a year and a half, to get to two years, that's another accomplishment. And Emma and Ella look like they are in this for the long haul. You just have to watch one episode of one of those reality restaurant shows on television to know the difficulties and the high turnover rate that the industry has. So again, these two have turned their prior backgrounds into the success that is this business with still room to grow and they are open and honest about that so coming up here as we talk to emma and ella they tell us a little bit about their path to ownership what made them want to take the plunge because when you work in restaurants you can still have an impact and and not necessarily be the owner so why did they want to go off on their own and do this and by the way do this very soon after all the impacts from the pandemic. What made them want to do that? What fuels their passion behind the restaurant industry? What fuels their passion for create for coming up with some of the creative dishes that have made their restaurant well known? And what have they learned about being entrepreneurs in the last year plus? So we get all of that on this episode of this podcast. We start off with Emma and Ella telling us about their restaurant, The Good Wives. Um, it's a small 60-seat restaurant. We do as much locally sourced uh, food as we can. It's I like to call it hyper-seasonal, so I like to use mostly only foods that are in season at the time. Uh, our menu is very small and curated, but it changes frequently, so week to week we might change one or two things out and just kind of slowly roll along and and change and flow that way same goes with our wine and our cocktail program we try to change things out frequently um and yeah we just kind of want to be known as a small intimate kind of slow food uh dining experience for people who want to come and eat and it's not like a stop in, grab a bite and go. It's like you're going to spend the evening here and have a nice time. So, Any sort of inspirations for what you guys developed here? Uh, something, over the, whenever you start up a restaurant, no doubt you took a little from column A, a little from column B, whether it's how you set up the decor, the menu, but any sort of... Well, again, where, where did that inspiration come from? I think... Well, the space physically, we wanted it to feel um, personal, intimate, 
beautiful but also a little whimsical we didn't want to be too stuffy we didn't want people to feel like oh this is fine dining i have to be wearing my best khaki pants um we we wanted it to feel like a reflection of us but also like they were traveling somewhere we wanted it to feel a little exotic like you know winters can get long in wisconsin we wanted people to feel like where are we right now because i mean physically we are in a strip mall and we're aware of that so our goal was to try to make the space feel like you're not in a strip mall um so that was our goal physically with the food um ella is very talented at making vegetables shine um and making very simple things really beautiful and that's just what she's good at so i think she tries to stay in her lane there um, and making things that feel comfortable to her. We've, we've have traveled quite a bit, um, after we got married, people always ask us, Oh, would you ever make Thai food? Would you ever make yada yada? And it's like, well, no, because we just try to keep in, in her wheelhouse of, um, you know, Ella cooks a lot of like European, Italian, uh, Mediterranean, coastal, French inspired cuisine, um, classic technique. So she'll just take, you know, a piece of fish and just dress it up very beautifully. Try not to get overly fussy with it. Um, and that's the goal with the wine and cocktail program too, is just keep it small, simple, and focus on let's get really good quality ingredients and make make something just stand out as it is so not trying to get too wild but you know use what we have obviously when you start up a place like this or anybody starts up any sort of business that's a little bit different there is risk involved was there any you know this is not a place to come and get the the same burger and fries or uh, a burrito and there's nothing wrong with those places at all everybody occasionally wants that big plate of uh, of simple mac and cheese and the comfort food but was there any trepidation as you opened up going we will this market accept us for doing something a little different I think there was a little bit but I think that Eau Claire has grown in the last couple of years there's a lot more people coming in from other areas. I also think that's a lot of the reason we decided to have a smaller space because it's not a necessarily everyday place for people, but um, some people it is. We get a lot of people who come in at least once a week, sometimes twice. Um, and then I think our our brunch, like our weekend brunch, is really approachable, a little bit more like classic breakfast food. So we have a lot of people, I think, that come in just for that. So I think keeping the restaurant small and sort of um, like honed in on these like things that we really want to do made it feel less scary. You know, we don't have like a 4,000 square foot building that we have to staff and get people in here and sometimes I think when you're not busy it feels really weird to be that one person sitting in a giant empty restaurant it feels a little bit nicer when it's not busy even when they're you know to be in a smaller space one thing also 
is providing that good value. People can talk all they, all they want about price, cheap, affordable, expensive, whatever. What do you guys do to make sure, because I always think value is the most important thing. Nobody ever thinks of price if they got an outstanding value. Look at Walt Disney World. People usually don't complain about the, <laughs> the, the, the price to go into Walt Disney World because they feel as though they got a very good value on it. So what all goes into providing that great experience when somebody comes through, obviously the food being the, the main event of that? Yeah, I don't think people really realize the amount of labor involved in, I mean, our menu is pretty small and it's 11 o'clock in the morning right now and Ella and one of her chefs are we're here at 11 to prep and that's for one service that's dinner so when people ask us about lunch and yada yada I say there's not enough hours in the day because they're making you know their french fries take like what two days because you're blanching them Mm -hmm. um they're making from scratch aioli they're like everything they're doing back there is is from the beginning. I mean, yeah, they're not churning the butter, but <laughs> they're rolling out pasta. I mean, in every every serving has to be counted. And if we are selling um, linguine and, you know, 30 people come in and want linguine, we have to make sure we have 30 servings of that, which means somebody's standing in the back making that much pasta. So it's it's hard always know what we're going to sell but it's just the the amount of of labor involved really goes into that value and i think you can taste that um when you eat our food but also yeah just food prices right now as everybody knows are bonkers um i think i bought an eggplant the other day that was like three (laughs) dollars it's crazy and it and that's unfortunate um but we have to pick and choose um where we buy things locally to make sure it's worth it like our our ham and our pork products are from deutsch family farms and that is something that you know it's a non-negotiable for us because it's such a quality difference but with that comes a little higher price tag um so yeah we're not we're not buying literally everything local but we have we just do what we can when we can and when you can taste the difference what is it that you guys make that you yourself like to eat the most and i i will throw this caveat out there i once talked to a local uh, restaurateur who did not like their own food that their restaurant put out they were not one of the cooks at there i don't think i'm going to get that answer here so what are some things you guys make here that you go Ooh, you know when that's uh, when that's back there i gotta i gotta sample the product i gotta eat the profits if you will that's a hard question yeah i'm curious about what ella has to say about this answer um for me, I lose it about all of her salads because they're always really different and nuanced. Um, we have a shredded Savoy salad right now with mahon cheese and very good Spanish manzanelle olives. They're not like the salty salt bomb olives. They're really buttery and beautiful. Um, so I get very excited about her salads. Um, but... I did order the butter-basted chicken the other day, and I was trying to eat fast in the server station, and I stopped myself, and I said, no, I need to I need to sit down with this and enjoy it with a glass of wine and, and take it slow. Um, 
But I always get excited by Ella's food. But I'm curious about what she has to say about it. Yeah, I... I don't find myself sitting down and eating whole plates of things all the time. It's always like you're tasting each element as you go. But every once in a while I get to sit down and and eat a meal here. And I don't know if I have one particular favorite, but you're right, the butter-basted chicken is, I think, the best way you can eat chicken. It's just like so juicy and that skin gets so crispy and salty and it's just any version of a butter-basted chicken is great to me. I don't blame the chef. It's like being a parrot. <laughs> you love them all equally at this point. You guys now have been in business for almost a year and a half. What have been some of the things you've learned and maybe you know some hiccups along the way? Everybody that's in business goes in, says, I, I've learned from other people's mistakes, and then you get involved and you go, shoot, I, I, I learned to have to do this, or there's been this that popped up or that that popped up or something we tried that we thought would be perfect in an ideological world, and it turned out, now nope, we got to... We got to pivot on that. So lessons over the first uh, year plus. Um, well, for me personally, I've, and I'm still learning this about, you know, this space is a reflection of Ella and I. And so when something needs to be done a different way, um, I have a tendency to avoid um, like approaching anybody I see it as conflict and it's not that's just like a midwestern thing that's you know but just telling people what you need from them in a clear way that doesn't have to be dramatic that's hard but um something that is just so vitally important now um to us and oh just rolling with the punches on criticisms just because this space is so personal to us we put our blood sweat and tears into it we've put the walls up we put the floors down Ella makes everything I mean it's just so personal so when people maybe have a criticism that I don't agree with or you know something doesn't go right I have a hard time getting past it Ella is very used to it in her 20 years of experience and she doesn't look at those things at all which I don't know how she does it but um, accepting criticism is hard I think also just with our first year, we were kind of plugging along at a pace and we slowed down for a little while. Um, it was kind of a long winter last year and it took a really long time to have nice days. And then as soon as it got really nice outside, it just cleared out in here. And we had a couple, I think it was like about a month and a half that was really slow. And it was kind of like a, whoa, we got to like squirrel some money away for if this ever happens again. And I don't think it was people not liking our food. I think it was people being excited about going outside and going to their cabins and swimming and grilling and all those things that everybody wants to do when it's nice out. So I think just kind of being a little more prepared for slow times was a big lesson. And I think we've we've figured out how to kind of, when times are good, put a little away and um, get ready for when it's not. And hopefully it won't be as dramatic as it was the first year. I think we have more clientele and more people know us about us, but um, 
that was kind of like a hard little lesson to learn, but I think it's sunk in, you know. <laughs> Before we wind down, a couple of fun questions. I'll, I'll, I'll turn this over to the, uh, the, the cooking expert here. Uh, we, we had on, on a previous show uh, on our network, uh, John Bender, who's a, a chef in town and all that. And I asked him, what's one ingredient people in town don't use enough of? And he said mustard. He said, you got to use more mustard. I'll, I'll pose it to you. If, if people in the, what do people in this town, what are they missing out on? What's something they should cook more with? Um, I think in restaurants, just fresh vegetables and salads. Um, I go to a lot of places, and it's, like I said, kind of burger and fry heavy. All good stuff. I love burgers and fries. But um, trying to go out and get, like, a, a good, healthy meal that's still satisfying is sometimes a bit of a challenge here. So fresh produce, salads, greens, uh, interesting produce, I think is sometimes like lacking a little bit. And then guilty pleasure. All right. You're out of, you're out of the, uh, you're out of the restaurant and whatnot. What is the guilty pleasure meal for either of you? Frozen pizza? That feels like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like what? That's pretty good sometimes. Yeah. There's very little that you have to do. I don't know. I made a lasagna last night. That was good. Yeah. I came home at 10 p.m. And Ella was already home. And there was a, a lasagna sitting on the counter. And I'm like, she had to have made this. Like, there's no... What? I was very confused, but delighted. It was yeah. great. <laughs> Yeah, but I'd say when we go get a frozen pizza, we, like, talk about it first. We're like, what if we went and got a frozen pizza and some gummy bears? Yeah. You know, we make a big deal about it. And uh, we'll, we'll, fi- we'll finalize it with this. Every business is always propped up by its staff. And there's always been this talk of struggling to get staff, retaining staff, training staff, having good staff, blah, 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 blah. What can you say about the staff that you have currently and the staff uh, over the course of the first year. Yeah, sorry. We both are like, couldn't say more about them. I mean, I'd say we still have about half the staff we started with. Um, Right? Is that, yeah, I think more than that. Um, I was terrified going into this, opening this restaurant because I came from a healthcare background where turnover was constant and it was my biggest fear. Um, and I feel, we feel so blessed. Um, our cooks are amazing. Our front of house staff are amazing. People are truly invested. They take ownership over things. They are our biggest hype people. They have brought on more staff. Um, when we've needed people, they said, I've, I know somebody, I know somebody. And I am just so flattered by that because I've had jobs in the past where I would never in my life suggest my best friend come work where I worked (laughs) and they do and I mean they root for us they I mean I can't say enough about them well and I think one thing that's helped us is I truly believe you know I really care about our staff I think they're really great people but then I think to to figure out and talk to people and find out what's important to them in their job like what they want out of their job I mean for my kitchen staff like they want to learn they don't want to be bored so they want 
they like the fact that we change our menu frequently because they get to do new things. It's not stagnant. Um, there's um, learn to grow and get better at things. And also, I when they have issues or complaints, I try to take them seriously. I listen to them. Um, and I think that, that that is important to people. It's always been important to me when I've worked under people to, if I have an issue, somebody doesn't just pass it off and say, well, tough, it's a job, like, just do it anyway. They're like, okay, well, what do you think, like, would be a better way to do it? Or how can we make it easier for you or more manageable? And I still expect people to work and they do, they're awesome. But yeah, just being listened to and I think is a great way to retain staff and to feel like they're part part of what is going on here. I think is huge for for that, and we have that, and they're they're just so great and awesome and care so much. Again, a great conversation there with Emma and Ella, and make sure you're checking out the Good Wives located in uh, that shopping area just off of Hastings easy way to get there from pretty much anywhere in Eau Claire and the surrounding community. It's a little bit of a different uh, eatery, great food over there, uh, but an opportunity for you to uh, experience something a little different in the Chippewa Valley, and you know you're going to get a meal that a lot of thought has been put into it. Just great uh, chatting with those two uh, when we had a chance to uh, catch up with them. Of course, come back and check out other episodes of this series as we meet other entrepreneurs here in the Chippewa Valley. Once again, check back. More episodes coming up soon as we meet more of the entrepreneurs and small business operators on the I'm the Manager podcast series presented by Security Financial Bank.